I remember being the last on the calling list. Like there were a couple, <laughs> my brodies, they would call before they would think about calling me. Wow. I remember what that felt like. And I didn't take it personal. I took it as motivation. A lot of people are taking those things as like, a lot of kids I see are, are taking it as like competition. I wanted to know why I wasn't getting called. And once I found out why I wasn't getting called, I worked on those things. Like, oh, you're not clean enough. I'll work on being clean. Yeah. Or you don't interpret music the way we're trying to, I'll work on interpretation. I took it as motivation. Artists, musicians, and creatives of all kinds. Looking for help balancing your passion to create with your everyday life? Not sure if your faith can coexist with your profession? Welcome to a place where real artists discuss real life. Visit GodandGigs.com for show notes, links, and more information. Now, here are your hosts, Alan C. Paul and Chris Style Renee. Hello, and welcome to the God and Gigs show. My name is Alan C. Paul, and I'm a musician and author of the book, God and Gigs, Succeed as a Musician Without Sacrificing Your Faith, as well as our devotional, Your Art, God's Heart, a 21-Day Guide for Creatives. And I'm here with the... I, I can't think. She's she. There's so many adjectives I could think for this person, but she is indescribable. Wow. Yes. Look at that. Oh, look how I did that. You must want something. No, today. no, I don't. Um. <laughs> thank you, Alan. It's so good to be back with the God and Gigs family. My name is Cristal Renee. I am a singer, songwriter, performer, and host. Yes, and we are so happy to have you listening to this show. If you're listening for the first time, thanks for checking us out. Welcome. Yes, welcome. We are a show all about helping creatives to build better lives from the inside out, applying timeless spiritual principles to the temporary problems that creatives face. Hmm. So that's what we're all about here, just trying to help you to be the best creative you can be. Right. Encouragement as well. Just here to encourage. We just love the community that we've built. If you haven't followed us on Facebook, we have a, a... public group on Facebook. Just look for God and Geeks Creative Community. We have master classes. We have all kinds of resources that we're just trying to help this community to, it's really been a crazy how it's grown over the last two years. Yes, a blessing. Absolutely. Be sure to subscribe. Oh, yes. Subscribe. Subscribe. Don't forget to subscribe. Please tap that button right now Mm -hmm. and you can hear future episodes anytime they are released. So today we have an incredible interview with one of the most celebrated musicians, I can say honestly, um, that we've had on this show because we've had people with who's worked with all the top artists, but um, I don't think we've ever had an artist who's worked with the Backstreet Boys before. Jamal J. Moore. Yes, he has been in every single major stage you can imagine. And at the young age, I could been calling him a young guy because I can say, you know, I can tell my age here, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm in my mid 40s. So to me, everybody under 40 is young still. Sorry. Well, all right. Yes. But at the young age that he is at, he has done so much. And so we, I can't wait to introduce this interview so that you can hear all of the wisdom he's gained from not only working at the top levels of gospel, but also working at the top levels of R&B and pop. Mm-hmm. So let me just read a little bit about him. Um, by the time Jamal Moore had turned 18, he had graduated from his hometown church to the national gospel music stage with recording artist Byron Cage. Since that major gig, Moore has played with gospel mainstage, including B.B. Winans. Moore joined the Backstreet Boys Unbreakable World Tour with his brother and mentor Aaron Spears visiting North America, South America, and Europe. 
Moore has enjoyed working on high-profile gigs for artists including Carrie Hilson, Diddy Dirty Money, T.I., and Kelly Rowan. In addition, he's played with superstar Usher at the Essence Music Festival. So you can see this bio just goes on and on with all the the, the cream of the crop when it mm-hmm. comes to music. But he's such a humble guy. Yeah, very. Exactly. When you hear this interview, you're going to hear that come out, that he has not lost the touch that he learned back when he was working in his dad's church back in the Maryland, D.C. area. So, 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 well, yeah, we're ready. Without further ado, let's listen to your interview with Jamal J. Moore. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Alan of the God and Gigs Show podcast, and I can't tell you what a pleasure this is to have this. I'll say a young man. I still consider him a young man. I hope he considers himself a young man. For sure. <laughs> Keep it as long as you can. For sure. Dude. But he is not young when it comes to experience in the music industry. And most importantly, as we were just talking about uh, right before we got on the recording, about life in this industry, life, trying to balance out these worlds. He's uh, grown up in the church. And so he knows all about that world. And he's worked with some of the best in gospel. And now he's worked with the top levels in Really, just every genre. I wanted to name a genre. So I would like to welcome Jamal Moore to the Guidance Podcast. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Like, super, super appreciate it. You taking the time out to just find out a little bit more about myself and uh, my my career or my my goals. So I, I appreciate it. You know, it might not mean too much to you, but... Oh, I mean, no. It means a lot. Number one, I can be, I can be transparent on these recordings. It's, it's early in the morning. You just finished the show yeah. in Miami, down here on your Voyager tour. Yeah. And um, I, I know from just me getting up after maybe a one o'clock uh, corporate uh, how they do like that alarm does not want to be like you keep slapping that yeah. snooze button so I appreciate you and maybe you got to start even to start there just in terms of because I know sometimes we want to like do the whole backstory and tell people who you are but real quick just because we have a lot of creators listening to this a lot of musicians mm-hmm. um, let's just start there like how do you handle the hustle of things like this like get up for the, the, the tour for the gig for the thing uh, I mean is there something right now like even in terms of your mentality of getting into you know getting through a tour like this that you're already started with your band um I just call it laser focus like I'm super of course God is the first thing um just keeping him the head of my life period the end like mm-hmm. of course I'm going that's it's not even like I'm going to say that like that's literally like God if it wasn't for God I would probably still be asleep. (laughs) (laughs) I won't be up. (laughs) Like I would probably be six feet under. No, but seriously, God. And then um, just the things. Um, He's giving me some goals and some dreams, and and um, they're not just about me. They're um, about me and the the people I'm connected to, and and the people I haven't connected yet, but I know like I will connect with them. Um, But I'm laser eye focused right now, man. So if somebody says, you know, let's get up and do this interview or let's go drive over here and do this. I'm with it because I'm super, super locked in, super focused. And and um, that came around about, uh, I think around about 26, I'm 31 now. So that came about 26, 27 when I started to really hone in on the things I wanted to achieve. I wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and uh, because of those things and those dreams and those goals, I'm like willing to bend over and, and make sure like 
I'm taking care of my responsibilities, you know? I hear you. And the fact is that I can now kind of pick it back to the beginnings of your, because I'm sure that focus didn't start <laughs> when you just got to 26. No. I'm sure that, you know, in your upbringing. Um, so just talk a little bit about that in terms of where you came from, how, you know, how you uh, were groomed, I guess you could say, yeah. because of your, you know, I, I have done a little, did a little research, a little digging, yeah. <laughs> quick, quick, quick stalking on you yeah. and um, wanted to make sure I understood where you came from. Yeah. And so just talk a little bit about, you know, growing up with your, you know, your, your family yeah. and that kind of background where I'm sure there was somewhere that they said you have to be responsible. You have to take For sure. care of business. For sure. Um, my dad is, um, is uh, my hero. And, uh, Thank God he's still alive and he's still here. He's still going strong in the paint as well. Um, mm-hmm. My dad and my mom. Um, I really, I was born in in church. If you want to, if you ask me, my dad started pastoring a church in DC called CNBC. It's called Carolina Missionary Baptist Church, but we call it CNBC. And he started pastoring probably a year or two right before I was born. And um, and um, so I was literally like born into church and. And I've been, I've saw my dad, you know, take a, a 150 crowd church to 500 and a thousand, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've seen him take the church from being in Washington, D.C. to um, building in Fort Washington, Maryland. And I watched my mom, you know, still work, but then also work on her modeling career. And wow. like, like both of my parents were in the music, you know, as they were coming up. So I've seen them like be focused in so many different areas. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had great examples. Um, and that's really where it comes from. If you ask me, um, of course, along the way, you meet other people that, that, that are kind of like, uh, you know, on the same path or like just trying to like achieve some things or have, uh, have obtained the things that you're trying to do. And, um, they always tell you to stay focused, stay laser eye focused. Yeah. And, um, one of the things that kind of like, one of the scriptures that come to kind of come to mind, honestly, is, uh, when Peter was walking on water, uh, I can't think of um, I can't think of the the scripture. No, but no, basically, no. like as soon as he took his focus off Jesus, right. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he started to, and um, so I, so I kind of like that's how that's kind of how I like try to go after life. Basically, um, just being super locked in on the things I'm trying to do, and like, as long as I'm locked in, I feel like I won't I won't sink, I won't drown. I love it because <laughs> because <laughs> like you said, when he took his eyes off of it, I yeah. think that it definitely can be equated to our lives yeah. no matter what they do, whether sure. you're creative, whether you're a lawyer, like whatever you do, when you get your eyes off and you pay attention to all the craziness that's happening around us, yeah. you literally will sink, like yeah. sink mentally, emotionally, and all the stuff you're doing. And I want to take you back a little bit, like you just mentioned, your family, your dad, as far as pastoring. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure there's a hundred people listening to this right now to say, yep, that was me, even like past the kid and had to, sure. you know, if he said sweep sure. the floor, you sweep the floor, you have to, you For know, sure. play the drums, you For have sure. to run the sound. So tell me what was the first moment in that world that you kind of started to say, all right, here's where my passions lie. No dad and mom, I'm following their footsteps and I'm following, but when did your drive toward, let's just say playing the drums, I'm assuming it is, but you tell me. Like yeah. when, when did it start to become like, here's what I want out of this particular, you know, Honestly, um, I started playing, of course, at birth, but, you know, they, they always told me, like, I would set up teddy bears and, like, you know, mock the drummer and stuff like mm-hmm. that. My dad, actually, the drummer that was at the church, 
um, when I was around seven, like he ended up leaving or something like that. And my dad, instead of hiring someone else, he hired me. And I was like, you know, seven years old, you're like, yo, I can barely hold it down. But, you know, um, the band was like, um, was willing to work with me and, and um, they really helped me. And then around... You know, I'm growing, I'm getting older, like, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And then I think around 12 or 13, that's when I met um, a couple of other guys um, that were my age in the area. But then also met some some older guys. And we call them the OGs, but like um, Aaron and Buggy and Tim. And um, I met those guys. And at that moment, those guys were doing it full time. And okay. um, so it exposed um, it exposed my, my sight to, oh, this is this is a thing like I could possibly do this. Um, but before I even got to that, I was just so wild by their playing alone that all I wanted to do was sit down and glean from them. Mm. Um, so I did that for a couple of years around you know, 12, 13, 14, 15. And then I started because I was hanging around the OGs and they saw potential in me. They um, started to introduce me to other drummers who were like touring the world and, and really making a living out of them. Um, um, torn and that's when I was like oh wow like I really really want to do this yeah. you know so it's really those guys or just being in those um, in those arenas where your eyesight and your, your imagination is being exposed to other things and, and so like I say between 13 and 17 that's when I was like oh I really want to do this yeah. you know and I started putting my, my, my actions towards it like practicing every day and like trying to connect with other people and and wanting to do gigs outside of church because I didn't know anything about gigs. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was good. I, I, I was waiting for that um, one too because you just said about being exposed. Yeah. And so um just I, I, I kind of think I know the answer to the question I was trying to anticipate, mm-hmm. but just answer it. What was the reaction when you started getting exposed to life outside of church? What was was there was there support from your family? Was oh, it, for sure. Always. Okay. Always. Like my, my dad always was like, um, you know, what I do, son, is what I do. This is my purpose. You got to, he always encouraged me to find my thing. And, um, and then that lasted for a long time. Like my dad, like one of the things that we kind of count about now is like, I lived with my parents for a long time. Like I didn't leave the house at 18. I I went to school and then after I left school and I came home and I was trying to figure out some other stuff. Like they were, they were supportive and like not just supportive in like with their words, but like they would let me stay at the house. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah. They, parents, they made they made the path easier yeah, for you. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. instead of me having the pressure of like, oh, I gotta figure out this money thing. Like they really helped me with, and it wasn't I was for sure self sufficient or I was independent, and you know I had my I had my oldest kid at 19, so I understand what, what I understood what the responsibilities I were gonna, you know, that I needed or, yeah. or the responsibilities I would have. Um, but they were still supportive as far as my career was concerned. They were um they um yeah, they were heck of supportive, like heck of heck of supportive. So I'm thankful for them. But no, I never received any weird backlash Back, from, yeah, yeah. Not from them or even from church. Like I never ever received any weird backlash. It was like um if anything, everybody was excited that I was trying to figure out stuff on my own. You That's know what I'm saying? Cool. So I'm thankful for that. No, you got yeah. I, I, it's such a 
it's so nice to hear that yeah, to be yeah. because I've heard, you know, both sides. I've yeah. heard people say, yeah, my parents who were pastors were supportive. And then I've heard stories of where people are like, you can't come back here. If you heard you on that R&B song, yeah. you heard you play with that artist, yeah. like you're not welcome. And so it's, I think now just talking to you, meeting you for the first time, you hear the balance. Yeah. Like I can hear the balance in your yeah. voice because you're not trying to fight some internal battle that you had to fight with your faith and dealing, you know, trying to get, again, be a professional, yeah. which means play the yeah. music and be in these arenas yeah. where you have to kind of like know who you are. Yeah. So now take me that you said 17, you're starting to like get, you know, get, start started, to understand yeah, what, what, what life's going to require. I think it's 17, um, I think it was 17 where I started to play drums for um, 17 or 18. 17, 16 and 17, that's when I started to play around town. And I was playing with a bunch of, you know, groups or whatnot. And um, they kind of basically helped me, like, grow up musically. Like, you know, and, and I was also playing with a bunch of my friends. And uh, we all were in kind of the same boat and whatnot. But um, I think my first crazy, like, ex like long experience um, was when I was working with um, Byron Cage. Gotcha. That was my first real, like, gospel national artist. Like, and that was my, and I got that uh, good friend of mine, uh, Ken Friend. He's from Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. Um, he was the guy that was MDing at the moment, and he was the one that was like, hey, man, I'm going to put you on a gig. And I'm like, cool, bro. Like, and then he ended up calling me a couple months later, and for sure, I end up, um, I end up going to play drums for Byron, Byron, um, I was kind of like an audition, but I ended up playing at um, audition at Ebenezer, and uh, Byron came in while we was, you know, going through the music, and he loved it. And my first gig was on my birthday. What? Yeah. Which birthday was this? Eighteen? Yeah, eighteen. Your eighteenth birthday, yeah. dude. What kind of memory? Oh, is that? the craziest thing in the world. Oh. All I could do was thank God. I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful. Like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And. Um, <laughs> And it was around a time where Presence of the Lord had just came out, that record. Oh, my God. Then, that was un I yeah. mean, okay. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I shift now? No, go I'm ahead. Not trying, I'm not trying go to ahead. about me. Yeah. But <laughs> how many Sundays? Like, it was it, it probably, I don't, I don't know what the charts say. It must have been all year. Oh, for it sure. Must, it must have been a number for one sure. for literally like 45, for sure. you know, 30 weeks. Or and so now you're in the middle of this environment. So... I'm, I'm always like trying to see mm -hmm. where the path is leading. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you because now you're 18. You play. You're playing. I guess you got you. You're you're on the tour. You're mm -hmm. on the major. You're on the you're, you're playing. So, what is that doing in terms of your your? Is there any moment where you're either intimidated or are you fearful or are you anything? And and now that you're seeing all this success, because I have an issue. I'll just talk about myself. Mm -hmm. Sometimes success scares me. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of nervous because I know now the responsibility that's been laid on me because mm -hmm. when I, things start going well, mm -hmm. is actually worse than the scary part of being not successful. Mm -hmm. So what was that like for you now that you see the success and you're like, oh my gosh, I've made it at 18. Like, mm -hmm. what what are you thinking at that point? Man, I was just happy, honest. I, you know, you put in a lot of time. Um, for me, I was putting in a lot of time, yeah. period. Like, I would... I remember one summer, I literally did not go outside. I practiced all summer, like every day, mm -hmm. nonstop. Then the next summer, I practiced with my homies. You know what I'm saying? Like, I put in so much work that I was just excited. And because I was, I guess, fresh, I wasn't tainted by, like, 
the possibilities of what could go wrong. That's ah, uh, got you. And yeah, what yeah. could possibly go right? I was just living in the moment, and um, I'm actually thankful for that because you know, as you get older, you start to do other things, and you know, you you live in fear or you live like on edge because of past trauma or stuff mm-hmm. like that, and. Um, I was just thankful that I was able to enjoy that moment. And it was great. It was awesome. Like, it was a, such an awesome moment. I met one of my best friends. Um, to this, I have a best friend named Daryl Wilson. I met him. Matter of fact, he's out on the road with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to meet him. You know, I, mean, I built some really, really like great relationships. Ken Friend, we did a show in Richmond. I was able to honor him in his city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's like, I really, really, you know, I built some great relationships. And and I wasn't, I wasn't scared, man. I was actually really, really excited. I was really, really happy. And in that, like, I, I didn't have any fears, I, you know, and I wasn't, oh, I'm about to be arrogant. It wasn't that for me. I was yeah. really just excited to, to be even, you know, considered, you know what I'm saying? To be played, to play on that gig. Um, at that moment, it was huge, President of the Lord. And then he went from President of the Lord to Bless the Lord. That was like a, almost a three, four year run, man. Yeah. Like consistent work every week. Like, you know, being out of town three or four times a week. Like it was crazy. Um and uh I'm just I was thankful, man. I'm still thankful actually. I hear I'm I hear I'm you. super I'm super thankful. Um and that was that man. Like I didn't I wasn't on myself at all. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. and I remember playing we played Stella Wars and this is the first year they kinda like allowed people to bring their bands. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like we opened up Stellar Wars, and I remember like all the big OGs like Calvin and them like, "Yo, you sound amazing," and it just made me like, it just made me excited. When you when your OGs that you look up to or people you see from afar, I'd be like, "Man, you sound great. I'm really happy for you. I'm proud of you because they're watching from afar. Yeah, and they're watching you not just how you not just how you play, but how you deal with success. So, man, I was I was just thankful. I'm still thankful, man. I'm still yeah. thankful. I just feel I feel so much when you're talking about the network and the community that really supported you. You you didn't have a reason to fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think maybe what maybe what some musicians and, and creative people they feel like they're going to be on their own. Like that's yeah. kind of where that fear comes from. Maybe yeah. Yeah. it's like this idea that I'm going to be out here taking this risk or in front of these crowds or whatever. And if I fall, I'll fall myself. You know, that whole scripture yeah. about it, two, if, yeah. if two fall, you know, if, if one falls yep. and if there's nothing sure. there, you know, three, a three, um, three bound cord is not easily broken. For sure. So that network of people that you had, like OGs, guys that you mentioned that have, that, that have already gone where you've mm-hmm. gone and then are cheering you on mm-hmm. while you're going, mm-hmm. it's gotta be huge, man. It so, was huge. It was definitely, the support system was huge. And, and then also my dad raised me to just to be like a, a guy where, like, if, if this person wasn't necessarily in my corner, I was still okay. Yeah. I was still fine. Like, because um, everybody's not going to be in your corner. Mm. And things change and people change. And, and sometimes that's just what they're going through in their life. Yeah. But you can't let that, you can't let that affect you, man. So I, I was okay. I was, because I was, to me, I had the community. I had the community of like musicians, you know, being supportive, you know, at home and, you know, around the country and whatnot. But I still lived a world where I still had to be by myself at times because I was a PK who was trying to do something outside of being 
another a preacher. Preacher, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was in high school and, you know, at that moment, you know, in high school, the kids don't really, they don't necessarily know exactly what they're going after. But in high school, I knew exactly what I was going after. Like the high school was 14, 15, 16. At 16, I was like, I know exactly what I'm going after. So there were some type of moments where I felt alone mm. because I'm in high school, you know, and these kids are just kind of like going to school. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm going to get my grades. But when I leave here, I'm going to go through this. So I'm going to go through yeah. this first. And so yeah. there was a sense of that. There were moments where I was alone technically, um, but because I knew what I was after, I'm I'm cool on that, man. Yeah, yeah no, cool. I, I literally just just brought up a size. I probably get it wrong. I just saw it on Instagram. Uh, I think it was um, Brian Meadows. I want to say he said, "Stop waiting for people to understand you." Yeah, basically, like <laughs> just just do what you. God, if God told you what to do, and you like yeah. you said, that goes back to that word of focus. Because yeah. you were focused, people that aren't focused just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they just don't, don't get you. So. Yeah. Let me ask you this because now we're kind of getting to the point where um, I wanted to ask you about some of these other tours. Now you you know the Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when that happens, when now you got the opportunity to move from working with Byron and the gospel artists, and now I guess I don't want you tell me because I've never been on the stage. What is it like when you have to shift from the the one particular high level, it is still high level. You're playing Stella's, you're mm-hmm. playing, but now you're shifting to the pop world or to an R&B world. And it's, it, are there differences? And what did, what did that mean for you when you were asked to do those type of tours, when you start to shift to another, another genre? Details. We skip over details in church. Wow. <laughs> Mike, I, please continue, please. Cause ugh. we skip over details in church. It's sad, but secular, the world, however you want to consider it, they pay attention to every little part and they give every little part as much attention as the next part. And because of that, everything is it's built on a machine. It's built on great, great foundation. So it can't fail. It can't like if they're going to go on the tour, they're going to start from who's this and who's this and, who, and what are we doing in like everybody is paying attention to their section and, and, and they're paying close attention to details. And um, that was a transition for me. Mm. So what was it like now? The first time that someone, did, did you catch yourself? Did someone have to call you out? Did you just see, hey, wait a minute, I'm in I've had people. a couple times where, I've had a couple times where the MD will, will say, like even on Backstreet Boys, I was fresh out of like playing all the stuff in the world. Like I wanted to play every lick, lick in the world. And the MD was like, hey, man, you could probably dial it back a little bit. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah. And then I remember being kind of upset about it. And then the next show, I kind of like was like super chill. And they were like, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I've had moments where along the way where people were like, yeah, so you should probably not do that one. You should probably not, you know, and it's not just about the, the chops or whatnot, just Everything. I remember when I Backstreet Boys. Um, we were in. Um, this is my first gig, and they were getting levels on me mm-hmm. because I was coming in, filling in, and um, I was coming. Aaron was playing, and um, Aaron went to go do American Idol. Oh, by the way, let me let me stop. I remember some people. You say Aaron. I we yeah. know who Aaron is. So yeah. just tell them who Aaron is. Oh, Aaron Spears. Like they. That's 
that's family to me. Um, one of the one of the OGs that took me in from my hometown. Um, but Aaron was going to do American Idol, and at that moment, Andre, Andre, um, I want to say Andre's last name wrong, but Andre, he's from Jersey, but he lives in LA now. Was the MD for Backstreet Boys, and Andre suggested to Aaron, he's like, "Hey, would you do you think Jamal would be interested?" And he was like, "For sure." So they made the call, and um, and I remember going to soundcheck. I didn't have no rehearsal with the band. I came in like they like sent me the music, um, and uh, they flew me in like probably like two days before we started the first show, and we were like just going through line check or what, and and the engineer front. It's funny because I met, I just saw him probably like a couple months ago, mm-hmm. but um, engineer a guy named Zito. We're going through levels. He's like, yo, kick the bass drum. So I'm kicking the bass drum. So at that moment, I was just tapping it, like, let me just get this over with. <laughs> so he gets on the mic and he was like, is that how hard you're going to kick, man? I mean, is, like, are you going to kick that soft? Because in that case, I'm going to have to gain the mic all the way up. And if I gain the mic all the way up, it's going to pick up other stuff. And I was like, what? Like, I was confused because I had never. Mm. everybody's paying attention to every because everybody's trying to do their job to the best of their ability yeah so it's just little stuff like that that kind of make me like okay cool i'm in line check i need to kick it's hard and that's when i learned like as hard as i'm gonna keep doing the show that's how hard i need to be kicking right now you know what i'm saying but at that moment i didn't know because i no one told me on the church you know what i'm saying Uh, no one told me um told me that's something that you know was required of me um so yeah, details, man. Just paying attention to details and knowing what to do in every little, you know, section. Every little thing matters. Um, line checking matters because they're getting levels on you. They're getting levels on how you attack the drum, yeah. you know? And they don't really tell you that. We're so used to going to church and like, oh, let's sound check it. We just loafing and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. Everybody good? I'm like, yeah, we good. Like, cool. But line check is you really digging in, like, is this how the show is going to be? Because I'm trying to get levels on everybody, everything. In order for me to be my best, I'm talking about from the engineer standpoint, like in order for me to be my best, I need y'all to give me your best. Yeah. At this very moment. So I can mix it and make it fly, you know? Yeah. No, man, you, the fact that you, number one, it's, it's, it's an indictment. This is to be honest. It is a sad statement that you have to say that you found more about excellence or learned more about excellence for sure when you got outside sure. of the church world sure. but i think you know hopefully now number one you're sharing it and then more people who are sharing the fact that god is an excellent god we should never be um um following behind or trying to catch up nah. because if we serve a creator yeah. who literally <laughs> did everything perfectly yeah. Yeah. why are we scared of perfection and yeah. why do we like you said like not reach that level so no I appreciate it so much it's so insightful the fact you shared it I wanted to ask you actually now because when I was listening to the, the, the EP project mm-hmm. actually on the way over here and when I saw you saw your show last night there was kind of like what I, the, the, the word that kept coming to mind was freedom mm-hmm. and so I felt like okay let me ask him now you just mentioned it, the details, the mm-hmm. make sure you play what's being asked mm-hmm. and use your skill, but use your skill the right way mm-hmm. versus trying to show off or, you know, kind of go wherever you want to go in the music. Mm-hmm. What is it like now doing your own project where you get to decide, okay, we're going to form this music, we're going to create this picture, but now it's what I want. Mm-hmm. It's not what the artists want. Mm-hmm. So just explain to me like now that you, you know, 
kind of like the, the story behind Voyager and just what do you want to do now with your own music so that it, it becomes what you want it to be? Yeah. Um, Voyager is, um, Voyager is literally, uh, of course it's my baby. And, um, the way it came about is super like, I wasn't even thinking about Voyager. Mm. I wasn't even thinking about a record. Um, to be honest, I have a whole nother record that I worked on with my homie Adrian. Um, I'm assuming this, this interview, but <laughs> I worked on a uh, whole nother record. I flew to Texas and worked on this whole, like, it's kind of like alternative rock and stuff like that. I worked on a record five years ago and um, that's in the can waiting. But Voyager came about literally, um, it's a song they called Drum Challenge One. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. Um, Daryl Woodson and I worked on that song probably three, four years ago. Um, three, four years ago. And we just sat it. It just sat on the side. Like, I played it. And I was like, yeah, we'll get to it. Because we had so much other stuff that we was working gotcha. on. yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, God gave me this thing about, you know, it's a couple things he gave, he gave, gave me. Um, um, one of them was, like, ownership. Like, a lot of us are working within these realms of, like, <laughs> of what, <laughs> working in these realms of, yeah. um, you know, these rules that the world has given us, but no one is taking the rules and, and, and owning them and like getting ownership out of it. So, um, that's how Voyager came about. I literally wanted to take the rules of like, oh, we only got a minute to express ourselves or two minutes to express ourselves. How do we do this? Um, and, it's on like my platform. It's not on Instagram or Facebook, right? And and I love those platforms. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but how do I take ownership of it? And it was basically like, oh yeah, I'll use the rules that they've given us, but I'll create my own record. That's so it's so. <laughs> I'm telling you, like it literally is because people when you first say it, seven songs, nine minutes. You say what? Yeah. But what I experienced as a simply as a musician is, um. I'll say it even as a writer, because I've now had to start, you know, getting to words as well as music. Um, the best authors are the ones that can tell a story without having to use a lot of words. For sure. And what I felt like you did in that project is you told a story. For sure. Like I felt like I went on a, a round the world journey. <laughs> and it's like, wait, it's over. It's over. Yeah, yeah. You like you get to the end, you're like, oh, you just drop and it's like. I gotta play it again. I gotta play it again. <laughs> exactly. And I think the best, obviously, we all know the projects that um, form our musical lives, the ones that we can't get enough of, those are the ones that we replay. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long it is or how short it is. It's like that little, even if it's a lick, yeah. you'll play that lick a hundred thousand times yeah, because sure. of how amazing it was sure. and how, how much it like inspired you. So I love the fact that the concept that you came up with is use the rules, like you said, the rules of the two minute, 30 second, yeah. you know, whatever um, pop song. But you found a way to tell your story. So sure. um, I just wanted to go back a little bit because I thought about that when you said the ownership. Yeah. Because now you're talking my language. Yeah. Um, what is it about the f being your own artist that excites you? The fact that are you, in other words, are you looking forward to more of this or are you or is there something in you that says, hey, you know what, I I enjoy making other people's music sound amazing. Like, which one of those, if you had to pick, I know it's horrible. horrible I'll never choice. pick. I'll never pick beat. I can't pick. The reason why is maybe I will <laughs> in years from now, but I tell people all the time, like, just because I'm embarking upon my own thing, I still get the, the, uh, 
not so much satisfaction, but I still thrive off like hearing someone else's record and then us taking that record and basically making it live. And you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because from the think about it from a record sometimes it's not just from the artist. Like it starts with a producer who wasn't around, then it starts with then it goes to the writers who weren't around, and then they give it to the artist and then the artist might add their two cents. And then Visually, they might think of something else, so they'll change it. You know what I'm saying? It goes through so many hands. The, evolution, the evolution of it. Yo, it yeah. goes through so many hands before it gets to you. So you got to basically take a piece from each. Like, all those brains working, now it's brought to you. You got to do that, play those patterns, interpret that music from that standpoint, but then also add your own drip to it. So I enjoy that. But, and that's a, that's actually a part of my sound. Like, like what, what Voyager is not just, oh, I came up with this sound. It's basically a conglomerate of, like, type of artists and the type of music and the type of things I've had to like, not just listen to over the years, but also kind of like what I've been blessed to work on. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still in a place where I love working on artists. I'm still in that place. I just know that for me, um, spending so much time working for others um, and building their dreams, I got to put that much time and that much effort into my own. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's funny because you would think that one would have to lack. And actually, I'm in a place where I don't think one is lacking. I actually think that I'm still working with some artists right now. And I get them 110%, just like I would on my stuff. I don't yeah. get them 110%. I'm, you know, I think that's the young in me that's like, I'm just going to go hard until I don't have no more left. And, you know, I'll rest when I, you know, I'll rest when I rest. But <laughs> I'm just going to go hard. And I still enjoy it. I still want to do it. And I'm still doing it to this very day. Like, um, I'm blessed to still be working with some artists right now and, and to still do. And then the artists respect my artistry. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a plus to it. When you come to artists and you say, and they're like, oh man, you're your own thing. Like, you can't knock that. Yeah, I think there's a there's got to be some mutual respect. Yeah, there. you got Because to. now you're not simply coming, like you said, and I'm, and I'm not dismissing it, by the way, when I use this word, but you're not coming as an employee. Right. You're coming as an equal yeah. now, but you're coming in to make their thing yeah. Because you have something like, let's say, you know, do you have something to bring to the table, yeah. right? Yeah, so you sure. have something to bring to the table because you know what it's like. Sure. And, you, and now you've got all this additional yeah. knowledge. And they'll ask for And they'll ask yeah. like, what you think, man? Or how you feeling? Which is something that a lot of people don't get a chance to. Right. You know, a lot of us have like, and it's not even just musicians, like we'll work for corporate America or we'll work for different businesses or on this, and then we'll see something like, man, it would be really cool if we do this. Yeah. But we keep it to ourselves because one, no one asked us or, you know, we're just trying to stay in our lane. But coming into a situation where you're, you know, your, your own thing, you're your own thing or not even your own thing, like, but basically like they just respect you yeah. more yes. than just, uh, just an employee. It's kind of like, I'm going to ask this person their opinion as well because I respect what they bring to the table, not just as an employee, but as like a person who was a creator or, you know, so it's been a blessing, man. And I want to continue to do it as long as I can because I like it. And uh, I'll make a choice when I have to make a choice, but hopefully I never have <laughs> yeah, to make a choice. I, no, I don't think you know. <laughs> you said it yourself. And I love how we kind of like, again, I, I feel like these conversations always come full circle. You're just talking about the balance. Yeah. Like you don't have to choose between you know, loving God and playing for sure. this gig. You don't have to you choose have between to owning your own your art, being your own artist and playing for other artists. You no. like, you know, it's kind of like it is. I kind of put it to you on, on purpose, but I knew it was a false choice. Yeah. Like you don't have to choose between those two things. Like as long as you have the right perspective, right. 
you know, you can do uh, everything that God's kind of blessed you to do. And, you know, I, I, I've said this in one of my little phrases, my own phrase, that God is a God of and, not or. He's, For you sure. know, he's, he's alpha and omega. For he's sure. beginning and end. He's always sure. and. He's never I like more. that. I like that. And I'm taking it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take I it. Like please, that. please. It's for, it's for free because I totally stole it from someone else probably. Yeah. But um, no, I think that's really a beautiful picture of how you kind of, you know, again, taking your, your career at this, again, young age, if I can say that. For sure. No, no, <laughs> and no, no, you, no. And you are and you are really just, you know, moving on to whatever God has for you in terms of ownership and being your own person. And like Purpose. the disguise is not the limit. It really isn't. Real quick, I had two little last little follow up things. Um, what would you say to the person who is in your shoes, who was you know, where you were, who is where you were, like, let's say, 16? What would you say to that person who's trying to like starting to get some mentorship? But, you know, either they're growing up in the church or whatever, and they're not sure, maybe they don't have your laser focus that you had. Like you figured it out and you knew exactly how to get. Mm-hmm. So maybe talk to the 16-year-old you, but maybe the one that's a little more confused. Yeah. What would you say to that person as far as how they should go forward? What would be your advice? Um the 16 on me or the person that me. Honestly, man, you know, I would just probably say, I don't want to give like like super deep. I would just probably say like life is a learning. It's it's all about learning. Yeah. And it's all about being able to to get up and get back up. You know, I think um, people get don't be infatuated with the hype of it. Being be infatuated with being the best you, and once you focus on you, everything else that comes with being the best you will come. Like the sixteen-year-olds are so infatuated or so distracted by like what it looks like. Yeah, that as soon as trouble arrives or trauma arrives, they don't know how to handle it. They spiral out. Um, and I would probably tell my, myself the same thing: like, don't be. Don't get caught up in the hype. Like we said, we said like in passing and stuff like that, but it's really, it's real. Don't get caught up in the hype. Just get caught up in being the best version that you can be and everything else will fall into place. Like, I mean, if it takes you a little bit more time than others, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. I literally was the last person they thought would, I remember being the last on the calling list. Like there were a couple <laughs> My brodies, they would call before they would think about calling me. Wow. I remember what that felt like. and I didn't take it personal. I took it as motivation. A lot of people are taking those things as like, a lot of kids I see are taking it as like competition. I wanted to know why I wasn't getting called. And once I found out why I wasn't getting called, I worked on those things. Like, oh, you're not clean enough. I'll work on being clean. Yeah. Or you don't interpret music the way we're trying to outwork on interpretation. I took it as motivation. Um, so I would just tell a 16-year-old, like, just learn every day, learn something. The 16-year-old, just learn something every day. Relieve that, like, take that stress off you, man. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. And fall in love with the process. Once you, now everything that everyone said to me, 
now everything <laughs> everyone says to me it makes sense mm-hmm. you know it makes a lot of sense um so yeah that's what i would say I, I oh. look. I wish I, I wish I had that advice yeah. from you. You said it perfectly, man. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. I know a lot of people that are listening are too. Real, let's make sure that everybody knows how to follow you, uh, your socials. Just because clearly, again, this project when I when I when I yeah first got introduced to it, just you know through our friend Jamie yeah. here, yeah. just realized, oh my gosh, like this number one is someone I've probably been hearing my whole life. I didn't realize <laughs> I was listening to. No, cool. And then number two, again, like just seeing how you're evolving as an artist, people are going to want to follow that as well. So yeah. just tell them how they can keep up with you. Yo, you can follow me on, of course, all the social media. Um, all my handles are the same. Jamal J. Moore, J-A-M-A-L-J-M-O-O-R-E. Um, that's on Facebook. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And um, my record, you can look it up, Jamal Moore, The Voyager. And um, that's pretty much it. I'm on the process of work. I'm in the process of working my website out stuff now um, just because I'm like a super creative person. So I needed to like look a certain way and feel yeah, a certain way. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm taking my time to make sure it's fly. Um, but yeah, as of now, you can follow those things and, you know, look out for some, some more dates. We're going to try to work the Voyager thing all the way across the country. Um, even some overseas stuff. And um, I'm going to be working with, you know, uh, some artists coming up. So All right. look out for that. Um, but it'll be cool. It'll be lit. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be great. Um, and uh, send me a DM or something. And I'll be like, <laughs> yo, I appreciate the words you gave me or something like that. But yeah, that's how you can keep up with me. And um, what you see is what you get. Well, so. we're going to see a lot more, man. The habit's <laughs> not been told, for sure. This has been an honor, Jamal. Thank you once again for joining us, man. And we will be doing this again, I pray, yes, very soon. for sure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, really, really great interview with Jamal J. Moore, drummer, percussionist extraordinaire. Uh, before I get your thoughts and your takeaways, I just want to say my takeaway of the many things he talked about was, you know, he mentioned this part about working for others. And I guess at times people like him who, you know, work with all these different artists, you know, they may neglect their own projects or whatever. But he was saying that he still enjoys working for other people, but he definitely still makes sure that he puts time into working on his own stuff as well. So I think that's very important for all of us. Like just as a reminder, like don't forget to, to, to do your own things as well as, you know, whatever we're pouring into other projects or collaborating on other things, but to definitely still um, make sure we keep focus on our, our projects as well. I hundred percent agree. I, yeah. I, you didn't, I was going to say something similar to that. Really? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, no, we, we have been running joke about taking today. each other's takeaways, but <laughs> taking takeaways, <laughs> we're stealing takeaways. But yes, I agree with you because again, he's so gifted in terms of what he does. But when you listen to obviously to his project and listen to what he does with his, you know, following other artists, mm-hmm. it is two totally different things. And so I think all of us as creators, we need to be aware that we have our jobs, we have our times where we need to like put our own individual creativity aside in a way like still bring what you bring to the table but it's more about making somebody else look good and that's a service kind Mm -hmm. of mentality right we serve our artists we serve our employers serve your church we serve Serve the church we serve the organization exactly so we put ourselves and our egos down but it's not an ego thing when you say hey i also want to express myself right 
So I think you said it perfectly. It's like we have to have a balance of mm-hmm. don't put your own creative side, creativity aside. When you have something to express in your own way, sometimes you do have to step forward, take a chance. Maybe not everybody's going to like it, but at least you did say, hey, this is my project. This is my art. This is my music. Let me at least try to put it out the way that I want to do it and then still be able to come back and tour and work with other artists and play what they would like you to play as far as being a supporting role. Right. I absolutely agree. And the one thing I was just mentioning uh, earlier Mm -hmm. before we got on the air was I love the fact that he mentioned that he had to learn how to switch from gospel to R&B and get more disciplined. Yes. So that's another lesson to all of us that we can always improve. Like just because you're playing on a high level tour with one artist, you can still learn. And when he switched to a different tour, he learned how he had to be more disciplined. He had right. to focus a little more. And so whether you're in gospel, R&B, pop, country, whatever you're playing, whenever you move to that next area, you got to be humble enough to continue to learn. Yeah. So that was my big takeaway that it doesn't matter what level you're on. You you can always learn and get better. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. You can continue to follow, follow Jamal on the socials that we'll put in the show notes. Make sure you still follow us as well. Yes, at and subscribing. Gigs. And make sure you subscribe. Absolutely. Yes. And as well as check out our free resources we have. If you're interested in more resources, check that link where you'll see that we have some free resources for you to help you get better as a creative, because we want to make sure you're always improving and investing in yourself. Yeah, I think that's that that's a show. That's a show. Wow. Well, it was a it was a big uh, chock full of information show. Yes. I don't know a, a loaded baked potato of show. Oh my goodness! Now I'm hungry. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, <clears throat> well, let Crystal go get something to eat. <laughs> Meanwhile, we will go ahead and sign off. My name is Alan C. Paul, and I am a big baked potato. <laughs> now, I minute. am Crystal Renee. And this has been the Got It Gig Show, where we talk about real artists and real life. We'll see you next episode, you guys. Take Take care. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here at the God and Gig Show. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, or visit GodandGigs.com and tell us what you thought of this show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, go create something amazing. Hi, friends. If you're listening still, thanks so much for staying a part of this show. And I just wanted to quickly give a announcement, which I hate to do, but I'm happy for my friend, Crystal Renee. She's going to be moving on from the God and Gig show. Um, She's been giving so much life, so much insight, so much really just been literally, uh, I don't imagine the show without her, Um, but she is going to be doing amazing things on her own. Um, I'm going to continue to support her. I hope you guys will follow her, make her feel Amazing. Let her know how much you've enjoyed her throughout the last 46, 47 episodes that she's been a part of. And um, I just want to wish her the best. I want I did not want to let this podcast or do another podcast um, without her voice on here, without her presence and not say how much I love and appreciate her, her sacrifice, her coming in week after week after week to record these episodes, whether it was Zoom, whether it was dealing with technology. She has just been a trooper and a true uh, supporter and friend and sister. 
So with that, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that Cristal is still a friend and still a uh, there's no bad things, nothing big or, you know, one of those breakups or anything like that. It's just that it was time for us to uh, let her spread her wings and do a lot of new things that she's got on her plate. And it just made sense for her to move on at this time. So Cristal, love you. Thank you so much for being a part of my life and this show. And I can't wait to see what amazing thing God has for you, your family, and everything that's coming your way, I know is going to be amazing because of your heart and your generosity toward everybody that you meet. So God bless you guys. Thanks so much for listening again. Hit up Crystal on either Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Tell her thank you. Let her know how much we appreciate her. This long message was important to me to share because how much I love and appreciate her. Take care, guys.